0: Hello! Welcome to Donuts and Dumbbells. My name is Brooke Madigan and I'm an in-person and online fitness coach. I've been training for quite a few years now and let me tell you, I learn something new every day in this industry. I mean, from crazy fad diets to new exercises, there's always something to learn when it comes to fitness and food. Now, if you were to tell me a few years ago when I started my own coaching business that I'd be where I'm at today, I would have thought you were nuts. But you know what? Life has a funny way of working working itself out and bringing us together, and I'm excited to share my story on how I got into the industry, the struggles that I've personally had to overcome to change my own lifestyle, and my struggles with disordered eating, thoughts around food, and even struggles with fitness. So... Grab a cup of hot or iced coffee, sit back and relax, or go on a walk, or whatever whatever you do that floats your boat, and I hope you enjoy my first episode. My story began on May 18th, 19th, just kidding, I'm not going back that far. My story's a little long, but I do want to start with where I was first exposed to diet culture, body shaming, and Where I started to develop that bad relationship with food. So I am going to take you back to my middle school lunchroom. Where 13 year old little Brooke was enjoying her little delicious square slice of pizza. If you know, you know that stuff was delicious. And this kid in my class who had this horrible habit of picking on me. Called me fat. Now... I was not an overweight kid, I wasn't fat by any means, and I never up until that point had thought about myself that way, but in that moment, a lot of things started to make sense. And mom, if you're listening, I love you and I know you did the absolute best you could, but after that fiery smack of shame hit me in the face in the lunchroom, I realized that's why my mom was always on a diet. And I got up, I threw that little delicious square of goodness in the trash. And from that point forward, after I would get my lunch, I would hide it in my backpack and go eat it either in the bathroom or save it until I got home that night and eat it then. So that went on for the entire rest of my school year. And the next year is when I started high school. Now, in high school, I had a lot going on personally with my dad. He was a type one juvenile diabetic who didn't take care of his own health. During my high school career, he underwent open heart surgery. He had both of his legs amputated multiple strokes, and other health complications related to not taking care of his diabetes. So to say that I didn't have a good example of what it meant to live a healthy lifestyle is definitely an understatement. Sadly, six months after graduating, he ended up passing away at 42 years old, and that's when I really turned to food for comfort even more so. I quit smoking cigarettes a few months later because that was a nasty little habit that I picked up in high school as a tribute to live a healthier lifestyle. And that's when I really began hiding food under my bed and just fell into a very vicious binge and restrict cycle while taking diet pills, laxatives, just anything to stop me from gaining weight. Not to mention, I hated to exercise you wouldn't catch me running, you wouldn't catch me playing sports, none of it. That cycle went on until the following year when I was introduced by my doctor to the HCG diet. Now, she was a naturopath doctor, and I'm not hating on natural medicine by any means, but this doctor was not a very good one. At this point, I was 20 years old with a horrible relationship with food, dieting binge eating and I was encouraged to do this diet which was also a hormone treatment from a professional from well a medical doctor so I thought that it was okay I didn't see anything wrong with it if my doctor was telling me that it was okay I ended up losing 45 pounds in 60 days on my first round of the HCG diet now in this diet if you don't know about it you are actually told not to exercise because you're literally eating 500 calories per day. Now, now I eat that in a meal. And this was spread out through the course of a day. So you're not allowed to exercise. In my mind, it was like, hell yeah, sweet. I don't have to exercise and I can lose weight. Sign me up. But what my doctor didn't tell me was that When you don't exercise and you lose weight you can also lose muscle mass you can't just lose that much weight and barely eat any calories and not look quote unquote toned she also failed to tell me that once the diet was over you can't just go back to eating the way that you normally do although there was nothing normal about the way that i ate in the first place she also didn't tell me that i would have brittle fingernails My hair started to thin and fall out and that soon after I would practically stop eating altogether. And the only thing that I would eat was a diet full of potatoes. And by potatoes, I meant vodka and French fries. Couple months after my 21st birthday, I started developing incredibly weird aversions to food, whether it's texture, whether it was smell. And I was constantly nauseous. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I went to the doctor and lo and behold, this chick was pregnant. (laughs) And that's when my obsession with food took another drastic turn. It was an eye-opener to the fact that deep down, I knew that what I was doing to myself wasn't healthy. And now that I was sharing my body with this baby who had no control or choice on how I treated myself... I started Googling Netflix documentarying. I'm aware that's not a word, but we're going to pretend that it is, it is for the sake of this conversation. And researching which nutrition protocol was the healthiest way to live to help me and my baby. Long story short, I ended up having a high risk pregnancy, but I brought a beautiful, healthy little boy into this world. The other thing that a lot of people don't talk about is postpartum depression and how it affects women and how it can affect your relationship with food. It hit me super freaking hard. I picked up smoking again. I began the binging, restricting, disordered eating cycles again. And three months after giving birth, I was the heaviest weight I'd ever been, like even even heavier than when I was nine months pregnant. During that time, I avoided taking pictures at all costs. And to this day, you'll rarely find a picture of me and my son from when he was a baby or just from that time in my life in general, because I was so ashamed of how I looked and how I felt about myself. And those are memories that I will never have documented. And I cannot begin to tell you how deeply I regret that. But it led me to my aha moment. And my aha moment or my, my quote unquote, why happened when I was sitting on the couch. Like I I should say I was literally like embedded in my couch because I never liked to get off of it. And my son was playing on the floor and just the thought of peeling myself off of the couch was daunting and exhausting And I had never felt so disgusted with myself. I knew that I had to do something different. I knew that like I was 22 years old. I I couldn't spend the next 18, 19, 20 years being that exhausted all the time. So I was under the impression that I'd already tried everything. And this was like one of those lies that you tell yourself and you actually believe it to make yourself feel better. But I think you and I both know I didn't try everything. It wasn't until I went back to work that a friend of mine that I worked with drug me into the gym for the first time. Now, I was never really athletically inclined. I didn't play basketball well. I didn't have great hand-eye coordination. I tripped over my feet in soccer all the time. And I could never kick the freaking ball, which even to this day gets me a little riled up. Not going to lie, a little riled up. But I was really only good at one sport, and that was martial arts. I did taekwondo for about five years from the time I was nine to the time I was 14. Almost got my black belt until I met my ex-boyfriend who, total D-bag, by the way. And so walking into the gym was such a foreign concept that I nearly had a freaking panic attack walking through the door. I also had this super irrational fear of farting while exercising. And to this day, like, it still freaks me out. Like, it's still a gym fear of mine. But I trotted my happy ass along to that elliptical anyway, and I did the damn thing. After a while, I slowly began to get into the groove of going to the gym consistently and I started using the machines. Now, I, would, I was that person where I was looking at the directions, trying to figure out what to do. But I kept showing up regardless. And I started to notice that my confidence was growing and just how much I was starting to help myself. When I realized that I was starting to really just fall in love with the process, it made me want to help other people. After becoming a parent and realizing that that's what I needed to do for my son, I never wanted anybody else's kid or my own to ever have to go through what I had to go through with my dad because it was heartbreaking. I mean, like in 13 years, I'll be 42 and it's terrifying to think that my dad could have made different choices to keep him here, but... Can't change that. So I ended up wanting to pursue personal training. And my grandma, Grams, if you're listening, thank you, put me in touch with her personal trainer, Julie, who owned a local fitness studio. And she gave me all of the resources to a local personal training school in the area. I quit smoking cigarettes again, literally the day that I signed up for the program. I quit smoking cigarettes and I started buying books and diving into fitness and anatomy books before beginning this year-long course where I eventually graduated, got certified through the National Academy of Sports Medicine, and interned, and then started working for Julie at her studio. I began learning different methods of training and nutrition, but still had my own ups and downs, just like anyone would. I started listening to podcasts and documentaries with a bunch of different doctors and nutritionists talking about the new latest and greatest diet. And shortly after beginning my beginning my career, I became incredibly overwhelmed working with clients, trying to find my way in a very convoluted industry with misinformation everywhere and and from anyone. And at this time, my son was newly diagnosed with autism, and I was a single mom, trying to understand not only how to help my clients, but how to help my son overcome these new challenges. My first year of training was not my best. (laughs) And I think any, any coach will tell you that. Your first year, you learn a lot, not only about yourself, but about how to train. And a year after that, I got my groove, continued to train, started getting much better at it, And then a year after that, I left the studio and decided to start my own coaching business. That same year, I had a client ask me what my own personal fitness goals were. And my goal was to do a bodybuilding show. And I did. I did my very first and only bodybuilding show, which led me back down that path of binging and restricting. And not only did it re-damage my relationship with food... But then it damaged the relationship I had built with exercise because of how much I overtrained for that bodybuilding show. But then there was this other component involved and that was this imposter syndrome. Because of course, like as a coach, you need to practice what you preach. As a coach, you need to know how to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, dust yourself off, and keep fucking going. Sorry if there are kids around, my bad. And I felt like I shouldn't have been having those issues. And I suffered silently for a really long time. And it wasn't until I started going back to therapy, talking to other competitors that went through the same issues, that I overcame these struggles. Now, today, I'm very happy to say that I have an incredibly healthy relationship with food and exercise again. And honestly, I wouldn't change a damn thing. It's taught me so much about myself, how I can use my help or my experience to help other people develop a better relationship with food and fitness for themselves. I've become a lot more resilient to dealing with stress because a lot of my binging and restricting was was stress-related. And one thing that I learned about exercise was that consistency Kills, hands down. And when I say kills, I mean you will kill it if you stay consistent. And in this case, killing it is a good thing. If you stay consistent and you just start doing one thing, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's just going outside and going on a walk, as long as you start, you're never going to fail. And even though I've had a bumpy road and I've had my ups and I've had my downs and I know that I have friends and family listening and some people may not have even realized that that was something that I went through. But we all have those skeletons in our closet. And I hope that you know that you're never alone. This this isn't anything that you can screw up. You just have to learn. And you just have to try harder for next time. In future episodes, I'm going to be having conversations with other coaches about their stories, the way that they view fitness and nutrition, and how we can come together to help give you the best content we have to help you on your own journey. I just want to say thank you so much for listening from the bottom of my heart. And I hope you enjoyed my very first episode of Donuts and Dumbbells. Let me know what you want me and future guests to talk about because I'd love to get your feedback. You can leave me a rating. You can leave me a review. I would love to hear from you. I hope you enjoyed. Talk to you soon.